Hey everyone, I'm Josh Brown. I'm Lou Devana. And this is the Follow Your Soul Heart Podcast. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about how to relate to janitors and CEOs. <laughs> It's ought to be good. <laughs> yeah, it should be good because it's how I relate to you. <laughs> so for those of you that may have missed last week's episode or you haven't heard, I'm sitting here with my good friend Lou DeBona. Lou was the janitor at my first full-time ministry job, and I was the youth leader there, and we hit it off, what, like 15 years ago now. I mean, it's been a really long time. It seems 10, 12, 13, somewhere around there. Yeah, it's like an older, I can't keep track of time, so I don't know how long it's been. Exactly. But um, we got, we, we've kind of told a little bit of the story last week, but originally I was coming out to Tempe, Arizona, where I was going to serve as a youth leader, and I think I had to send in like a little one-pager about myself so that people would know who is this random person who is this country boy from Kentucky coming out to inner city Phoenix and in that letter I said what can Brown do for you <laughs> yeah I read the uh, I read your letter because uh, I was on staff considered I guess being a janitor but I read the letter and at the end of the letter Josh had put what can Brown do for you and so I realized before that his last name was Brown, so I thought that was pretty cool. And I, when I read the letter, I said, well, I'm not going to have any problem with this guy. We're going to hit it off real good. So, <laughs> Yeah. And it turned out we did. I mean, the first meeting we had, we probably spent uh, most of the afternoon talking about what we wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of those natural connections. And I think what a lot of people say, you know, when they're talking about relationships um, at least some of the ones in my circle that I've talked to, they say, well, I, I find it hard to relate to people that are different than me. And I think that's one of the challenges today. We've got a lot of political divide. We've got a lot of opinions out there. And people have kind of lost the art of relating to each other. And I think it goes back to I was raised in the South, so I had certain values that were instilled within me. But even more than that, I've, I've just always had a desire to not – give somebody who's of a higher authority any more attention than I would just an everyday person because I think so many people get, you know, when you sort of get to a different level, you start to get more accolades or maybe you start to get more attention. And honestly, I think a mom who stays at home with their kids is just as valuable often as a CEO who's managing a company. So would you agree with that? Agreed. I also think that you have to approach individuals without an agenda. You yeah. have to you have to approach individuals and see them just without making any preconditions of who they are or what they are. You just need to realize that they're a human being like you are and you just need to approach them regardless of their title or education. Josh had more education than I did. I only have a high school diploma. So but again I don't I try to go in with to a relationship going, okay, what is going to be the benefit, not the negative? What is the benefit? What is this person? Who is this person? What is he like? I want to know the person. Mm-hmm. So I don't go in with an agenda. I don't go in with preconditioned ideas of, of what he might be or what they might not be, male or female. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that really helped me growing up was 
not only did I work on a farm where, I mean, you deal with a lot on a farm where you have to, you know, have conversations with people at all levels, your hired hands that are barely making minimum wage, people that have been running farms for decades, people at extension offices. That was sort of my background. But at one point, I went and got a job at a marina. And when I was working at the marina, I was making, you know, it was like five fifty an hour minimum wage, you know, not this $10, $15 an hour <laughs> stuff kids have today. But at the marina, they put me in charge of the dump truck. <laughs> so real quickly, I got humbled because one of the jobs of driving the dump truck was not just to go around and pick up the trash from all the different RVs that were set up, but you also had to help fix things. <laughs> and one of my first experiences of fixing something was the RV sewage line. <laughs> that be it. Oh man, talk about uh, raunchy. But so what had happened was it ba- there was a backup and uh, the pipe was starting to, you know, swell and even burst. And so we were trying to move it and it did. It burst. And in that moment, I realized, okay, here I am where I want, you know, I want to be somebody. I'm in college at that point. I want to be somebody. I want to make something of my life. And I'm holding excrement from other people trying to get this thing fixed. And these people are standing over me saying, I'm glad that's you and not me. (laughs) So real quickly, I had to, you know, I got humbled with my place in life. And I think that helped ground me for future relationships because I never go into something thinking I'm better than anybody else. Well, not at all. And I think what Ben, what helped me is I grew up basically in a city environment. The other thing that, that put me in my place is that I was the oldest out of five children. So hmm. <laughs> I had to do everything until my brother and my sisters were old enough, meaning I had to do dishes. I had to do laundry. I had to <laughs> change diapers of my brother and my sisters because I was the oldest, I was expected to help. So as I got older, until my brothers and sisters got old enough, I did it all. Yeah. So I was grounded in doing work, the work mm-hmm. ethic. Because mm-hmm. my parents made me, I mean, I had to do it. So we didn't have any dishwashers when I grew up. So yeah, like you said, were the dishwasher. I was a dishwasher. <laughs> but, but my point is, I, I was responsible for doing certain things in the house mm. so that when I left, I got my first job, I worked in a department store. And the, lo- the lowest job you had was working in a department store, folding clothes. And you know how those two, if you see shoes back in the old days where they had a piece of string like in between them? Yeah. Well, there was a tool that you put in the back of the heel of the shoe through one shoe and forced it into the other shoe. And that's how you got that shoes together so they stayed together to pair yeah i learned how to do that i was the, that you was were the first, that guy i was that guy <laughs> so learning how to take responsibility mm. i mean that's what yeah said brought me to realize that i'm no better than anybody else somebody has to do it i did it why mm. should i look down on anybody else that has to do that because somebody has to do it yeah well honestly it kind of makes me think about you know the correlation responsibility equals maturity And in our world today, we have a lot of this don't want people to be responsible or leaders that don't want to be responsible. And I think that's one of the things that I've been learning more and more every day. The more that we talk too, is as a leader, 
if you want to be a leader, if you are a leader, if you ever thought of being a leader, the very first aspect of leadership is take responsibility. Because if you don't take responsibility, then all of a sudden now you're not going to have those relationships with the trust factor, the accountability factor, the authenticity that you need in order to lead people. And I think what's important, I think I talked about this last week, is that if you're going to lead, you have to take responsibility and you have to step out and do it. And you have to be able to do every job that is required in order to, to accomplish the mission. Mm-hmm. You have to do, you have to be able to, you may not know everything about that yeah. job, but you have, may have to be at a point as a leader that you may have to do that job just to get things started. Mm. Now, someone may come alongside and be able to complete that job, but as a leader, you have to be able to go and do the job regardless of whatever that job may be. And it may be cleaning the toilet mm-hmm. or signing the piece of paper that gets you that million dollar contract, but you have to be able to do everything in between. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. In fact, that's one of the things I've seen with leaders that are not super strong. They're also the ones that have the least domain knowledge. You know, I often see companies that want to hire a leader outside of the company. And I just, and churches do this too, where they hire a pastor outside of the church. And I'm like, that's the worst thing you could possibly do because first, they don't know the culture. And, you know, so now they have this expectation, you're going to come in and change everything. Well, guess what? People don't like change. So in order to have proper change, you have to lead. And so that's one of the things I think that, you know, our society needs more of in churches, ministries, businesses, even as an entrepreneur, being a leader and taking that responsibility, being mature and doing it first, like going and doing the work, learning what it is and having the passion for it, I think is huge. You know, just something that I value. And the more that I look around, I see that there's a select few other people that actually value that. Yeah, and also we talked about last week about investing time. And in a relationship, you've got to invest the time. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. You've got to take the time to invest the time. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got to, if you want it to work, then you have to work at investing time in learning about the individual, about the individuals. Yeah. You need to know who your people are. If you're going to be a leader, you should know who your people are. Yeah. Just going by first name doesn't really mean anything. You should get to know the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, and not only that, but like a lot of people might be in a situation right now And they're saying, well, I'm not the CEO, so therefore I'm not a leader. And I worked at the Y in Nashville for about seven years, the YMCA there. And what was interesting, by the time I left, the CEO would come to me and one other person in my department and ask us to go to lunch with him. He wouldn't go to other people. And a lot of like I used to think, well, it's just because, you know, of how I was raised and and everything. Well, actually, you know what it was? It was because our CEO was hanging around healthy people all the time. And I would throw in one liners about going and spending time at a meet and three is what they call it in Nashville, where you get three meats and, you know, well, that's basically it. You get some veggies, but they're basically meats, too. (laughs) So you get a meat and then you get three veggies. Um, But. Um, but so I would spend time, any, any, any time that I was around him, talking about some new restaurant that I had been to that was a dirty, grungy, hole-in-the-wall restaurant, but he, it was something that he didn't get to experience. And I think he valued that, and over time he picked it up. So I was able to relate to the CEO because of you know Southern food that he just didn't get with anybody that he hung out with. Yeah, I think the other thing, too, is you need to get over your fear. 
of getting to know other people, building yeah. a relationship, getting over the That's fear. True. First job I had when I came to Phoenix in 88 was uh, I was a delivery driver for a company that had uh, that did work on computers, cleaning computers or doing something, I don't know, but I like to play golf. And like I said, I was a delivery driver, so you know where that stood in the chain of command, but uh, the two, two of the owners uh, like to play golf. And they came to know that I like to play golf. Well, it got to a point where they got to know me and they would want to go play golf during the week. So they would call me out of my job to go play golf with the owners. Now, that didn't sit too well with some of the employees, <laughs> especially not. my supervisor media. But <laughs> what could he do? The boys, the bosses were coming to me. Yeah. Uh, and and so we, I played golf two or three days a week. I was getting pretty good there for a while. But my point is... Don't be afraid to approach or talk to mm -hmm. somebody that maybe you think is higher than you. I mean, yeah. that's part of the relationship deal, getting to know people. Let, don't let the fear, because the fear may keep you from getting that position or stepping out yeah. and running your own company. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were just talking about that earlier before the podcast, which is two things that get in the way of people making good decisions is fear or failure. And so some people experience failure, give up. Other people, they have fear and they give up. And that's been one of the hard pieces for me because of the way that I was raised. There are certain situations I go into that, you know, I kind of was timid about. But the more I've been running Soul Heart, the more I've been out on my own, I've realized, oh, wait, they like they put their pants on the same way I do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have to do they have to brush their teeth with the toothbrush. No one does it for them. And so when you begin to realize that you're no different than anyone else, and yesterday I was reading or kind of listening to the audiobook of Damon John. He's one of the Shark Tank guys. Okay. And uh, he had helped, like he started FUBU back in the day, kind of an African-American clothing company. And just really, really popular. Damon, he's invested in a ton of CrossFits. And his book is called Rise and Grind. And in that book, he goes through these same kind of principles that we're talking about. And I started to realize, like, wait. He's worth millions and millions of dollars, but I have those same thoughts and those same ideas. Yep. And I'm starting to realize even more now that he's no different than you or me are. He just fell into some success at the right time, but there's no reason, there's nothing that stops you or me or anybody from achieving another level of success or dreams or goals, or in this case, relating to a janitor or a CEO because it's going to help you get to where you need to go. So I think that's one of the big values that we've got to have as business owners. And I mean, just like with what you do in the cab business, you know, you're driving a cab around. If you can relate to people, would they come back and ask Not you to drive all. them again? Not at all. I mean, the, the key thing for driving what I'm doing, the key thing is just treating people the way you want them to be treated. I mean, as simple as we, I talked about last week, I think is just opening the door for someone. <laughs> yeah. How often is that done by people? Uh -huh. That's a success. Yeah. Your six, that person sees that as a positive, having conversation with somebody. Uh, not I don't want to be just a cab driver. I want to be, I want someone, the person to get in my cab, have a good experience when they get in the cab. Yeah. I don't know where that person's been. Yeah. I want I want that person to come back and use our company, but I also want to treat that person with respect. I want I want you know that person to know that, hey, this, this was a different experience for them. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be a leader, it should be a different experience. Yeah. Every time you wake up, it should be a different experience. Whether mm -hmm. you're starting out or you've been a leader for a long time, 
the key is to is to is basically embrace change. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Because because as a leader, things are going to change. Yeah. Either by the decision you make or <laughs> someone else makes. Yeah. There's going to be change, constant change all the time as a leader. There has to be. Mm-hmm. You can't stay in the same place as a leader. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's that's the rut. You know, if you're staying in the same place, you're in the rut. And everybody wants to get what? Out of the rut. <laughs> so how do you get out of the rut? Well, you relate to people. You spend time with people. You get to know people. And that's what was interesting, even though I'm talking about earlier about how I related to the CEO with food. Actually, what was happening was he was relating to me. He was relating to me. Because he was at the top of the food chain and yet still spent time. And you know what else I saw him do? We did this big event at the Wise annual celebration every year. And at the end of the event, you know, just trash everywhere, food everywhere, all the tables, donors get out of there, and you're left with this giant mess. And so I was part of the cleanup crew. Um, and I'm going through and I'm cleaning up and all of a sudden I see this kind of like blur of just somebody like, man, I mean, he's going fast and hardcore cleaning all the kinds of tables, you know, running things back and forth. And I turn and I look and it was the CEO and he was there and he was relating to all of us then like we're watching. And so I got to step my game up now. And I think that's one of the benefits of being a leader. And if you want to aspire to be a leader, uh, when when you don't get your big ego going up here, but you stay grounded, you stay around people that you can uh, that can help keep you grounded, and you always just I think the key is honestly you always just serve. Well, I think the other thing is you make the other person feel at ease. Mm. Yeah. Even if you're t- whatever, regardless of your title, it makes the other person feel at ease. And I used to do that as a janitor. I used to say if somebody if I saw somebody make a mess or or create a mess, I would go don't worry, janitor will get that. <laughs> <laughs> and usually I get a smile from the person. Yeah. So I think what's important is making them feel at ease. Mm. If you're a leader and you do have a title, uh, some people are, a lot of people are afraid of the titles. Yeah, that's true. CEO, yeah. whatever. The key is, as a leader, make that person feel comfortable. Because mm. I think you'll get more better, you'll get a positive response from that. Mm-hmm. Do you think things like humor, uh, food, time. just the basics are the things that make people feel comfortable? Big time. Big time. Humor is humor is key. Humor yeah. is important, and you got to have humor at yourself. And you've got to you've got to throw you've got to make fun of yourself mm-hmm. because that makes you look human. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I used to do things that would probably that would make people laugh, and that's that's a key. Yeah. That's a key because that opens a door. Uh huh. Because I think that brings someone that brings in a little bit of a trust, a little bit of mm-hmm. uh, you know they see that that you're willing to. Bring humor on yourself or make fun of yourself. Well, that guy's normal. Yeah, he's not. You know, he's not above me. He's he's you know he's cutting himself up. Yeah, and that's relatable. You sure know, it's relatable. It's relatable just about everybody. So to be able to do that to make someone feel at ease as a leader, I think is is probably half the battle. Yeah. Well, and not just that, but when I first started so hard, and I was entering conversations with you know, people that used to be my boss. And so really quickly, I I started scrambling for like, what's my thing? You know, my thing's always been food, as you can tell earlier with the CEO, but I would just immediately start conversations out talking about some food that I had. And because I traveled a lot in the cities where my clients were, I could usually mention a restaurant or some type of restaurant that they could relate to. So if somebody's from Nashville, I'll mention hot chicken. If they're from 
Denver, I mentioned uh, this restaurant. Uh, it's called like Casa Bonita's up there. It's like a 50,000 square foot with a waterfall and a mariachi band and the whole nine yards. So you've, you've either been there or you've heard about right. it. And then you find that baseline. And I think that's a key is finding a baseline where you can then work off of and build off of and help somebody relate to you. And again, I think we talked like we talked about in the beginning is, 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 not, is not assuming that you know who that person is or what he's doing. You don't know who that person is. I don't know who's getting in my cab. Mm. So if I want to have that person have a good experience, I'm not going to presume anything. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know who that person is. I don't know whether that person's a CEO or that person's on his last dime. I don't know. My point is treating treating that person with respect. Yeah. You know, I don't know who's getting in my cab. I don't know who he knows. And he may know somebody that I want to know. Exactly. Okay? So, again, investing, investing your time in the relationship, whether it's 30 seconds or 20 years. It's the key is investing that time, starting a conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay? You don't know who that person is. Do, do you want to get to know that person? That's the question. Yeah. Do you want to get to know them? How do you want to be treated? Mm-hmm. Just because you're a leader, you think you're above everybody else? What's that all about? Nah, no. It doesn't happen. You're not going to get anything if you think you're above everybody <laughs> Yeah, else. no. Or you're you going to get his grief. Exactly. Or you're going to get grief, and you're going to get people that ain't going to want to work for you. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going anywhere there. Well, and I think that's, that's what I've seen just in my short journey. I mean, you've got a lot more experience than me, but in my short journey, I've seen people that if I don't give attention to in the right way at the right time, then all of a sudden I lost whatever opportunity that was. So I try to make it a point. There was somebody, man, I can't remember what the quote was, but they were talking about like a really well-known leader. It may have been like a Jack Welsh or whatever, but um, they were talking about how um, their best piece of leadership advice is never walk past somebody. And I loved that because what what does that mean? Well, it means when you're walking out of a you know out of a store, you don't just let the door slam shut on the person behind. You hold the door open. You know, if you are walking through a line and there's somebody that's in front of you, you don't just brush past them. You know, at least give a smile or a make eye contact. You know, because like you said, you never know who's going to be next to you or around you. And a great example, and I think I shared this a while back on the podcast, which was how I made $40,000 from a $4 coffee. And that came as a result of me recognizing someone sitting across from me in a coffee shop was looking at me. (laughs) And at the end, I just made eye contact and I smiled at him. And then he was walking off, turned around, stopped and said, hey, what is it that you do exactly? (laughs) And then that led to me and my company working for a software development agency, working on some really cool products like agriscaping. It was an edible landscaping company and we built an app. They built a, they created a Kickstarter campaign, a successful one. We got to be a part of this whole thing. We've helped foundations and done design work and startup companies through this one glance and a smile. And it just shows the power of and a four dollar coffee. It's probably like three eighty actually, but you know, <laughs> it really it really opened my eyes to man when you just put yourself out there in the basics um, opportunity. Yeah, the other thing I, the other thing I want to talk about is say is that recognition is not for you to determine how you get your recognition. Mm, that's you, good. you will get your recognition as a leader. Yeah. It'll it will come. Don't go looking for it. No. Okay. 
don't go looking for the recognition. You'll get it. I mean, I'm a cab driver. I drive a cab. So do I get recognized? Sure I do, because I treat the person a good, I treat the person decent, the way I want to be treated, okay? So what happens with that? What happens in our business, our company, you get a call, the customer gets a call after they get out of the cab, and they can respond to the survey, how was the cab, was it clean, how were you treated? That comes back. There have been people who have called and want to talk to the guy who owns the business and say, hey, I want to let you know this guy. I mean, so the recognition comes. Don't go looking for it. You don't need to. You well, that's, to ego. That's, that's ego. That's ego. Yeah, get it out of the way. Do your job. Be a leader and, and do everything that you're supposed to do. Know yeah. everything about your job, but don't go looking for the recognition because mm-hmm. because recognition will come. If you treat people the way you should be treated, invest time in them, then you'll get your recognition at some point. It's kind of like financially or mm. like most of us want, we want a big hit. Yeah. It'll come. We Don't want the affirmation. We want yeah. the affirmation. It will come. Mm-hmm. It will come. But it takes hard work to get there too. That's true. That's kind of like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it. And he says that he has the biggest ego, but his ego he's talking about is the confidence in what he does. But he, he said it's, it's paired with the biggest dose of humility because at the end of the day, he doesn't expect anything from anyone. He doesn't nope. care about that. Nope. Because he knows everybody's in their own situations. That's he right. doesn't know what's going on in their life. But he just wants them to experience something positive. Amen. And at the end of the day, know that there's somebody who's never going to bring them any more grief than they're already going through in their life. That's right. So, That's right. And they may seek you out. Mm. They may seek you out because the way you yeah. invested time in them. Yeah, that's true. I've had a lot of people do that, actually. <laughs> you may not get anything from it. You may not get no financial gain. But the idea that someone you know, came back and had a comment to you about how mm-hmm. what you did. Well, just or, like one of my best friends, he came to me and asked me to do his wedding. Asked me to perform his wedding. Not because I was some religious, over-the-top guy, but because I was consistent in his life. We built the relationship a long time earlier, and no matter where he had gone in his life, there's always like we can always pick up the phone and have a conversation, and it's never going to be negative, you know. Now there's times where it's like, okay, like hey buddy, you know you're going this direction, time to get you know get back on the track. Sure. He does the same with me, but um, if you're positive, if you bring that energy to people, and you always value the relationship enough. Man, I went through six, seven months where some of, my, some of my best friends in the world, I called or texted and I never heard back. And at month seven, guess what? They called me. I picked up the phone. Yep. That's so, right. you know, you either have the mentality or you don't, I think. So sure. that's good stuff. Nice. Cool. Well, that's our discussion for today. I want to thank everybody for following this podcast, for giving us your attention. As always, if you want to reach out to me, email me, josh at soulheart.co. I'll get you in touch with Lou if you want to reach out to him. <laughs> you can see him uh, Josh. Yeah, on Instagram uh, or Twitter. Uh, no, not Twitter. You're on Instagram. <laughs> Sweet Lou DB for Debona. Uh, great handle there. I love Sweet Lou because if you know anything about Lou, at the core, he is sweet, but most people won't get that in the first impression. <laughs> so anyway, guys, thanks so much for giving us your attention. This has been another episode of the Follow Your Soul Heart podcast. Oh,